Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, a wild one in Vegas yesterday, and we're going to have some fun with a special guest today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank God it's Friday. How's it going, everyone? I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. Reminder, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you haven't already, and follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks, or follow me at StimpyJD. Well, last night, that was that was a thing that happened, right? I mean, the Ducks went into Vegas, and Vegas trotted out those things. I, I guess that, that happened. Okay, well... Let's get right into last night's game. It was a weird one, to say the least. But before we do that, uh, in the third segment, I have a special guest from the For Puck's Sake podcast. I I love the name. Oh, For Puck's Sake. Uh, I'm joined by Gabrielle Donatucci. That will come later in this podcast. So just want to get that out there. Also, we have some exciting shows planned for next week. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Just have some good stuff next week and the week after that. Should be fun. Okay. So the Ducks are still in Vegas, despite the fact that there was a positive COVID test. Apparently no consequence because they decided to play on. As I mentioned on Wednesday's podcast after the news broke. Yeah, that statement came out. They played yesterday under this black cloud of positive COVID test. Right. The Vegas Golden Knights were missing a couple of players. Obviously, they were without Shea Theodore, who's out with injury. And of course, they're out with Thomas Nochek, who is in COVID-19 protocol. Fortunately, no Ducks entered protocol. Every Ducks player, staff member, they tested negative. Nothing happened there. So they decided because there's no negative test, we play on. So we did. But before we played on, we had to take a look at pregame and what the hell was Vegas wearing? They were shiny gold chrome, not even chrome, they were shiny gold helmets. Yeah, to match their Golden Knights persona. Why? I mean, the Kings did this first with their chrome helmets last year in the stadium series. In fact, the Golden Knights aren't even the first team in Vegas to do this. No one has talked about this, so I'm going to talk about this. This was tried a week and a half ago by the Henderson Silver Knights, But at least that matched because the Henderson Silver Knights wear a silver jersey. And the shiny silver helmets at least match those jerseys. If you're Vegas and going to try this, if you're going to try this, at least go all out and trot these helmets out with the all gold jerseys. I know it's massive overkill already to have all gold. But with gold helmets, at least commit to the brand. Yes, I had that one picture with Mark andre Fleury and all gold. Can you mar- imagine if they had the gold jerseys again and Mark andre Fleury came out with everything gold and then you have the gold helmets? Yeah, at least they would have committed to the brand. They still would have looked a little bizarre, but at least commit to it. So that's my whole take on the helmets. That's it. They just reminded me of C-3PO. That's all. So help them, we will. All right, let's go on to the game. There wasn't much to talk about as far as goals scored because there weren't many goals scored. In fact, there was only one goal scored the entire game. As far as lineups, guess who's back? The elite 
one C in that second line with Max Jones and Jakob Silverberg. So that was kind of cool. Denton Heinen is now out. Huh. Okay. So that that kind of sucks for Denton Heinen. I thought he was playing okay recently, but, you know, that's, that's fine. And also notice that Sam Steele was out. Sam Steele had been struggling big time. So this actually wasn't that bad of a move, to be honest. If you're a player struggling that much, Taxi Squad, or better yet, just spend a few days in the AHL. That's all I'm saying. I mean, get let's get Sam Steele back. The old Sam Steele back. So going into this game, you know, Alex Petrangelo did come back for Vegas for what it's worth. And the Ducks came out aggressively. They came out super aggressively to start off the game. They were out shooting Vegas. They were out attempting Vegas. They were out skating Vegas. That's the crazy thing. They were the aggressors by far. And after one period, there was no score. And the shots on goal were the Ducks with 13 and the C3PO's with only 4. That's how bad Vegas played. They clearly missed... I mean, they missed Nochek, but they missed Shea Theodore, I think, a little bit more. And having Petrangelo back, I don't know why, but for some reason, Petrangelo just didn't look 100% coming back. I mean, was he not skating as hard as he usually is? Was he just getting his legs back? I don't know. There could be a plethora of reasons why they just didn't look right yesterday. Aside from the whole, they didn't get to practice because of COVID. So, I mean, they, they didn't have a lot of time to prepare for the game because of everything that was going on. And we were under the impression for a while that there was not going to be a game on Thursday. So there's that as well. Dallas Eakins, he had his team prepared. They had the practice on Wednesday, and it apparently was a very good practice for the team. So for them to come out firing like that was a big ask for the Ducks. And honestly, a great encouraging sign for the Anaheim Ducks that they came out in this fashion. For what it's worth, the power play was better for the Ducks last night. The power plays were not bad. The passes were better. Ryan Getzloff had a very quality chance in the second that just missed the net. But passing was better. Uh, Cycle game was working a lot better. We saw a couple more cross-ice passes a little bit faster. Did a goal get scored in the power play? No. But did it look better? Yes. Is this a great sign for the Ducks? Yes. There were a ton of encouraging signs for the Ducks, and the power play was a big one. Probably not the best thing the Ducks did yesterday, but it was at least encouraging. So I got to give the Ducks credit and the Ducks staff for really working hard on that power play. And for Dallas Eakins to address it in the fashion that he did... He does acknowledge that something's wrong, and he's trying to throw crap in the wall and see what sticks. It may have stuck a little bit yesterday. For what it's worth, Vegas does have a very good penalty-killing unit, and the Ducks are still trying to get their feet wet as far as power play. They're still 29th in the league in power play percentage. For what it's worth, at least the Ducks are still in the top 6 or 7 as far as PK percentage, so that went very well yesterday as well. As far as second period, the play of the game wasn't the goal. No, the play of the game was on the Vegas side. Midway through the second period, Isaac Lundestrom had a goal, a sure goal that should have gone in. And this was a great two-on-one setup by the Ducks. Max Comtois, 
was coming down on the right side with a two-on-one. Isaac Lundestrom collected the puck on the left side, and Mark andre Fleury just dove. He completely dove and got the save of the year, in my opinion. Oh my goodness. Isaac was robbed by Flower. Isaac Lundestrom went forehand, backhand, faked out Fleury. Fleury was beat, but Fleury tried desperately to dive to his left and barely got enough of his left arm and glove on it to keep the puck right on the line and not go in. That was an amazing save. Just do yourselves a favor. Look up Marc-Andre Fleury or look up Fleury save. I'll give you a second to look that up. Now that you've looked it up, let's take a look at that amazing dive. There's plenty of replays to go around. As CJ Woodley said, this was one of the greatest saves I've ever seen. That is no joke. That was one of the better saves that I've seen. Oh my goodness. I'll admit, I was just screaming at the TV going, Oh my god, did that really happen? Yeah, I give Flurry a ton of credit for that. Well done, Flower. Even the media members just sat and applauded this one because that was amazing, folks. But Mark andre Flurry couldn't do everything. Because in the third period, the Ducks finally came through as it was a Max Comtois goal that put the Ducks ahead one to nothing. And this is a few minutes after I said that the Comtois-Lundestrom-Raquel line was going to score. And hey, that that actually aged very well because a few minutes later, that line scored the goal. And that was the only goal, the game-winning goal. Ducks won one to nothing. And this is another shutout for John Gibson, who is now only 10 shutouts behind from the team franchise lead as far as shutouts. We'll talk more about that after the first intermission. But first, let's talk about what do we got? BetOnline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Just because football's over doesn't mean that you can't go to BetOnline and check out some of the great lines for upcoming games. There's the NBA. There's the NHL. The Lakers are in full swing. The Clips are in full swing. As far as hockey, the Ducks are in full swing. If you took the Ducks yesterday, you would have won a ton of money because they were by far the underdogs on last night's game. And if you took the Ducks and you took the under on goals, you would have won quite a bit of money. If you go to betonline.ag right now and enter promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that is betonline.ag, your trusted online sportsbook and the exclusive online sportsbook of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Please gamble responsibly. Coming up after the intermission, we're going to talk a little bit more about this game. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the game, but mostly about John Gibson. So just a couple final thoughts on last night's game. So right now, the Anaheim Ducks, they're still among last in the league as far as goal scoring goes. Last night, the shot attempts were kind of even. Yeah, Vegas did outshoot the Ducks, not by much. Shot attempts were 57-51 in favor of Vegas. Although Vegas did outshoot the Ducks in that third period, despite the fact that Anaheim scored in the third period. It was it was close all around. Uh, breaking down just some of the uh, shot attempts, a lot more of them were high danger chances for the Ducks. In fact, 
the Ducks had nine high danger chances as opposed to four for the Vegas Golden Knights. One of those high danger chances, of course, being that spectacular save by Marc-Andre Fleury. So that, that was a little bit more about the game itself. Uh, the lines, I thought, were great for the Ducks. The best line, I thought, by far was the Raquel lundestrom Contoal line. But I got to give a lot of credit to Getzloff, Terry, and Henrique. I thought they did a fantastic job uh, holding the puck in, generating some good offensive chances, and really playing a solid a solid game throughout. They were good. So that's that. As far as Mr. Gibson, Gibby, he is now third in the team as far as career shutouts. He just passed Jonas Hiller for third on that list. Jonas Hiller had 21 career shutouts. John Gibson just got his 22nd career shutout. He's only five behind Guy Hebert and only 10 behind Jean-Sebastien Giguere. So yeah, only 10 behind J.S. Giguere. Gibson should get there. Gibby will be on the team for a while. Five to pass Guy. Uh, he might pass Guy. The way that Gibby's been playing this season, he might pass Guy this season. He's already got three so far that leads the league. 10 behind Jiggy. So Gibby could pass Jiggy next season as far as career shutouts go. Uh, League leaders. John Gibson is way up there as far as league leaders. Like I said, Gibson does lead in shutouts with three along with Semyon Varlamov. Other just basic stats, 226 goals against. He still has a 923 save percentage. But as far as the analytics go, the goals saved against, or the expected goals saved. He's at 3.67. That is 6th in the National Hockey League. He's a top 10 goalie, folks. Let's let's call it like it is. John Gibson is a top 10. No, check that. A top 5 goalie in the league right now. And anyone that says otherwise, well, frankly, they're wrong. Gibson is among the league leaders in several analytics categories, including defensive save percentage, including expected goals against, including save percentage. As far as, you know, the expected goals against is ridiculous as far as Gibson's concerned. Gibby, the expected goals against should be t- should be much higher than it is, but it's at 2914 the only goalie with a much higher expected goals against is Miko Koskinen with a whopping 37.9. Then again, he has a negative 6.69 expected goal saved against. So Koskinen is really underperforming this year. John Gibson, still one of the premier goalies in the National Hockey League as far as I'm concerned. Uh, John Gibson has been spectacular. He will look to get another shutout. Maybe he'll get the start on Monday against the San Jose Sharks. So we'll see about that. The Ducks are off for the next three days. They don't have any games coming up, so it's a nice little break for the Ducks. Uh, There was some rumblings that they could move up one of the Kings games, but given what just happened with the COVID incident in Vegas, it's probably wise for the Ducks to just stay at home, rest up, get ready for San Jose, then have another couple days off until they finally play again regularly against the Minnesota Wild. So that's really the next set of games. Next week, there's going to be a lot of off days. So how are we going to fill content next week? Well, we're going to have goals talk. We're going to have some special guests. And also something special next week. It has been confirmed Jeopardy's back next week. We're going to be raising money for charity. That will be a lot of fun. 
So definitely check out next week's episodes. I actually think next week is going to be a big week for Locked on Ducks. And before I do the ad read, I just want to thank each and every one of you for listening. Last week was the biggest week for this podcast for Locked on Ducks. Had the most listeners ever. A massive jump as far as listenership goes. Uh, Percentage from month to month has been going up. So I just want to thank you all for listening. Oh, so much. We're going to head into the second intermission, but first, let's talk about rockauto.com, which has all the parts your car will ever need. So if you're driving an old clunker and you need some new parts, even if you still have a lemon, rockauto.com has those parts for you. Can you believe they have car parts for the old Geo Metros? Yeah, my first car. My first car ever was a Geo Metro, and they have the parts for that. If you go to rockauto.com right now, in the how did you hear about us box, tell them that Locked On Ducks sent you. Once again, that's rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Yeah. Coming up after the intermission, we have a special guest. And we'll get to that on the other side. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or TLOPN, or TLOPN. This is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. And by the way, they came out with a new flavor called Coconut Brownie Chunk. And this is going to be a little different today. I want to thank Built Bar for bringing some product and having me try this out. So I'm going to try this on the air. Their new flavor is called coconut brownie chunk it looks delicious it's only 150 calories it only has 7 grams of sugar 15 grams of protein so it is probably very good for you and it tastes like a candy bar so i'm going to try this out while my guest is going what is he doing what have i got myself into today well it's friday it's a little silly i'm trying out product because they sent it so thank you to built bar i very much appreciate it Mmm. Oh, this is really good. Mm. If you want to feel great, like, I, oh, this is good. Oh, my God. Okay. Y'all, go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order of this amazing flavor. Once again, this is Coconut Brownie Chunk. This is really good. So once again, BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on, 20% off. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Mmm. Okay. My guest for today, <laughs> she's over there laughing like, what did I, what, what, what's happening over here? It's Friday. It's the end of the week. Okay, so we have Gabrielle Ivy, the host of For Puck's Sake, <laughs> and also Incorrect Flyers. I like saying it in that tone. Oh, for puck's sake. Uh, Gabrielle, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. It's a little silly today right now. Can you tell? A little bit. Yeah. I've never tried product on the air until now, and I'm very glad I saved it for today. <laughs> Woo! Oh, Bill Bar. Anyway, so let's have a little bit of fun here. It's the end of the week. Uh, first, tell everyone about your fantastic podcast and what you do. So we started about two and a half years ago when there weren't very many female podcasts. Um, it was before too many men 
before broadcast, before Puck Bunnies. Um, and we just wanted to be a female voice out there. And we've changed new people, people have come, people have left. But at the core, what we are is just kind of more of a comedic take on hockey. You're not going to get expert analysis from us. You're not going to get the locker room stories because we've never hashtag played the game. What you're going to get is more, we call ourselves a hockey Twitter podcast. It's just talking about our teams, talking about what's going on in the league in a comedic setting, a lot of roasting the basic white boys of the hockey world. Um, and it's just us having fun. Um, it's conversations that like you and your friends would be having anyway. We just recorded ours and put ours on the internet and people enjoyed it. Um, so since so you're like I, roasting people, I'm sure you had a ball with Corey Perry last year. I have a lot of fun with Corey Perry all the time. <laughs> I, I, Corey Perry is great because Corey Perry is like, um, he's like a caricature of himself. Like every year he gets more and more Corey Perry-ish. Like he didn't used to be this bad. He you was know just like what? kind of annoying. That is the and best way to describe him. Thank you for that. Corey Perry just every year decides to be a little bit more Corey Perry-ish. Mm -hmm. I think it was peak Corey Perry when he walked out of the Cotton Bowl Exactly. With the walk of shame. I'm sure you had fun with that. Uh, very much so. Yeah, um, my, my favorite one, by the way, was when the background music was, and I will walk 500 miles. Yes, that, that one, was a great one. I liked the Squidward one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. That might have been my favorite meme of 2020. And I don't know, maybe it was a sign of things to come if Corey Perry's the first meme of 2020, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I made, fun, I made fun of that, too. I know some Ducks fans still love him. Some Ducks fans don't like him anymore, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> we can roast him here, right? I mean, we talked about it earlier um, on an upcoming episode of For Puck's Sake, um, but we talked about it with Nick DeLaurier. Um, he's one of those guys that you hate him when he's not on your team and you love him when he is, except I think that this new Corey Perry 2.0, you kind of hate him when he's on your team, too, because it's like, what are you doing? Just stop doing dumb <laughs> I don't know. Can I curse? Crap. Crap. I don't care. <laughs> Sorry, if you have to bleep that out. I'll try and stop. Um, but I think I think like Corey Perry does a lot of dumb stuff now that you're like you you don't have to do this, Corey. Like you can you can be better. So you mentioned the Corey Perry 2.0 and Nick Delorier. I mean, Ducks fans love him. I know other fan bases don't like him that much. But come on, you can't help but like Nick Delorier a little bit after having two hat tricks. I mean, I like Nick DeLaurier in that, like, I kind of wish he was on my team. And I'm <laughs> glad that I don't have to play him. If I was somebody else in the Western Conference, if I was a Pacific Division team, if I was in the Western Conference this year, I would hate Nick DeLaurier. Um, <laughs> I compared him earlier um, because I know I know him from Montreal, and I think I, I called him Brendan Gallagher on steroids. And that's really what it is. It's He's bigger, he's bulkier, and he's a little bit angrier. And, a little like, bit. It, it, if you went Jose Consenco on Brendan Gallagher, you would get Nick DeLaurier. <laughs> well, I mean, consider, I mean, how I've described him the last year is he plays with a rocket up his ass. That's how he plays. You know, that kind of just like, he's either at 100 miles an hour or he's at 5 miles per hour. That's the two speeds of Nick DeLaurier, if you can say that, I guess. <laughs> and I, there's... So I see those kind of players, and I think those are frustrating when you, like, see how good a player is. Because, like, I look at Travis Konechny, and Travis Konechny is very similar, except as he's gotten older, he's gone from off and on to just all gas, no brakes. Travis Konechny does not stop. 
And when you look at Nick Deloria and you see how good he is when he decides to try, that when he doesn't, it's so frustrating. And you're like, just all gas, no brakes. You shouldn't have that five-mile-per-hour mode. You should be going all of the damn time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but when when he goes all the damn time, it's not just 80 miles. It's like 100, 150 miles. Like, I don't know how better to describe Nick Deloria in the sense that he will go all out for about 25, 30 minutes, and then he'll run out of gas. That's that's what it is. He just, and that's on that's just on learning your body. Like, uh, I, I this is the sharks, but like Patty Marlowe taught all those young players how to properly take care of their bodies. Shea Weber does it in Montreal. That's on Ryan Getzlaff. Like, teach Nick Delorier how to maintain his energy. Like, what does Ryan Getzlaff do to get him through sixty minutes as an old guy? Give Nick Delorier those tools now so that he can use them so that he can be that 100-mile-per-hour guy with five minutes left in the third period so he doesn't yeah. run out of gas. Yeah, I mean... Like, th that's on Ryan Getzlaff and the training staff. That's definitely on the training staff uh, more so because, you know, I'm sure they're frustrated with some of the reckless play that Nick Delorier has. I mean, granted, some of it does fire up the team, but some of the plays he does is reckless, especially towards second, third period where you look at the plays and he goes, oh, why does he do that? Um... There are some defensive lapses, like towards the end of the game, where you think he'd have a better defensive assignment, and he misses it. But then you look at the first two periods, and he's like player of the game, almost. That's he gets tired. His conditioning isn't there, and what it is is that he is a player who has to give a hundred percent to be able to play this level his game at the NHL. If he gives less than a hundred percent, he's gonna be bad. So it's mm -hmm. about him getting in the gym, working with the training staff, getting his body to be to the point where he can play his game all the time. And he's just not there. And, hey, if Dallas Eagans has to play him, like, five minutes less in the first and second, three minutes left in the first and second, he has to miss a couple shifts so that he can be there in the third, then maybe Dallas Eagans has to do that until he's ready until, and make him earn his time back by showing him he can play a full game. You know, and that's kind of one of the knocks on Dallas Eakins this season is maintaining those lines the way he – I mean – Dallas Eakins, the thing that I have about him, he does not utilize his lines properly in the sense that, you know, guys get tired in the sense that defensemen shouldn't be going out there at certain points of the game. And I mentioned this before, 2D on a four on three overtime power play, that's not going to cut it. I know East Coast fans would be throwing crap at the TV if they saw that. Like, what the hell are you doing, Dallas Eakins? Don't do that crap. But yeah, I agree. I think Nick Delorier's conditioning, it has gotten better this season than it did last season. I know when he was in Montreal, that was a big knock on his game was conditioning. It has gotten better. And I'm sure as he gets older, he will realize that he can't play that same style anymore. I don't even have a knock against the style. I mean, if that's the style that got him here, keep playing it. It's mm -hmm. about doing your best to be able to play that style of game. Yeah. Like I, like I have no problem with like that, with playing that style. Um, uh, Jeff Carter is a billion years old, but he plays that speedy, <laughs> hard-working style at his age because he takes care of his body. And part of that is Jeff Carter being super vain, and like I would too if I had that face and that body. But <laughs> and that like, hair, come on, don't forget hair. the like, hair. I've had a crush on Jeff Carter since I was like seven years old. Like I even, love Jeff Carter. Even I'm but, jealous of his hair. Like oh my Jeff Carter is the ideal man. Like I. But, like, Jeff Carter is able to do that game at that age because he takes tremendous care of his body, and he has for a very long time. And if Nick Delorier wants to play a Nick Delorier game when he's Jeff Carter's age, 
he needs to be able to he needs to start now and taking care of his body and getting getting physically prepared for every game for every season like he had a year yeah I, and i honestly don't know how he's going to maintain this physical style because you know he's one of those players that will get to the dirty areas he will fight anybody anybody in any roster i mean he fought curtis mcdermott he's a big boy he fought ryan reeves the other day you know how big ryan reeves is he's yeah. a big dude and you Nick don't Dillard, have to be big to fight wayne simmons isn't big no but wayne simmons is fun to watch i tell you what <laughs> but like that's the thing it's like you don't have to be the biggest guy to to fight Right, but if you're gonna if you're gonna be that kind of player, you have to take care of your body. You have to like make sure that you are ready. If you're gonna be the I'm gonna grind you into the boards and outskate you kind of player, you like he. It's just about starting from day one, and day one is not when you arrive at camp. Day one is the day after your season finishes. Right. Once again, where can everyone find you on the socials? Where can they find your podcast? Uh, the podcast is now your oyster for the next few seconds. So say yeah. what you wish. So you can follow me personally at get it done, G-I-D underscore it underscore done. I made it in middle school. Don't judge me. Um, you can follow the podcast up for puck's sake pod on Twitter. And if you are a Flyers fan, you can follow me at incorrect flyers. And we have a whole bunch of Flyers merch. For sale, like off-brand merch, none of it says Flyers, but it's cool, including our Powerpuff line shirts, Nolan Patrick Revenge Tour shirts, Eat Up Bud hats, the whole thing, um, and every Flyers victory will get you a discount. So, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I love that Twitter handle, by the way. Oh, uh, Incorrect get, Flyers? Or get, get It Done? Get It Done. <laughs> yeah. It's middle school. Just, like, don't judge. <laughs> hey, my, hey, mine is based off a middle school nickname I have, so... And my love for Nickelodeon cartoons. <laughs> like Ren and Stimpy and Rugrats and SpongeBob SquarePants. Back to Squidward. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. Yep, and come back anytime. Absolutely. Have some more thank fun. Thank you. And thank you all for joining. I'm going to end very quickly. Podcast is Locked on Ducks. You can find that on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Smoke Signal, um, 28.8 modem, Morse code. I'm kidding. We don't do Morse code. <laughs> but you can find our podcast wherever podcasts can be heard. Even Smoke Signal, I guess. Also, also, Twitter. My Twitter is at StimpyJD. Stimpy like the cartoon Ren and Stimpy. JD like jd i guess <laughs> and the show twitter is at lo underscore ducks lo as in locked on underscore as in that underscore line and ducks as in ducks yeah that's pretty much it so gabby thanks once again thanks for coming on thank you and for everyone here i hope you all have a fantastic weekend for locked on anaheim ducks i'm jason jd hernandez that was gabriel ivy saying please stay safe out there be kind to one another and ducks flyers together. Oh, and since you're a guest and we're having fun with this, we're going to end the show really silly and I'm going to have you quack with me a la the Mighty Ducks movie. Okay. Because why not? So we're going to quack away to the weekend. Quack, 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 quack. Have a good weekend, everyone. <laughs>